0: Why of if you open your Bible up in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, if you've got a Bible, then open it up. If you haven't, then ask the person next to you to lend you their one. Very kind of them to bring one along for you. And uh, I want to just uh, initially just read the account of Jesus' death on the cross. Then I want to share with you some things related to it. Uh, So let's, sometimes we don't don't take the time to read right through, so let's just going to read from Matthew chapter 27 and verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and they took his, put his own clothes on him and then led him away to be crucified. Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and him they compelled to bear his cross. When they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but when he tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head an accusation written against him, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left, and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and said, you who destroy the temple and" Uh, build it in three days. Save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if if he will have him. For he said, I'm the son of God. And even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. Now about the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was a darkness all over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabakathani, that is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who stood there when they heard out, uh, they said, this man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them rang and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, leave him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and save him. Then Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked, the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints that had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake, And the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Father, we pray your word would just speak to us of the realities today of what you have accomplished for us in Jesus' name. We just read an account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You know, even as you look at your calendar, you know, the, the year we're in is measured AD, Anno Domino, the year of the Lord, it's measured from the most historic event in all of the history of man, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our calendar is even centered around that event. So every year, when you raise another year, we saw in 2008, what it reminds us is the central point of civilization and history is the event of Jesus Christ's death on the cross and then his resurrection. And uh, to see what this uh, means and to understand what it's about We need to go right back into the beginning of the Bible, into the book of Genesis. The Bible tells us why God created man. God created man in his image and likeness. He made us a spirit being. We're not like the animals. We are a spirit being. We are made in the image of God who is a spirit being. We have the capacity to be able to enter into and experience the realm and the world of the spirit, an unseen world around us which is very real. We have the capacity to live in the earth. And when God spoke over this man He created him, he spoke these words. He spoke a word of blessing and gave man a mandate to walk with God and to represent God in the earth and to have dominion over all that God had created. And we read in the book of Genesis chapter 3 how the original man decided that he would run his life independent of God. He made a decision that he would not submit to what God required, that he would rather set his own course, do life his own way. And when man did that, he immediately changed. Something changed on the inside. The Bible says, as a result of this sin, all have sinned. Every one of us born into this world is born separated from God, out of relationship with God, and pursuing life our own way. The core and the heart of sin of being separated from God is that we walk our own way and we do not acknowledge the one who created us. We find the very first impact of sin is recorded in Genesis 3, where it tells us that immediately after sinning, the first thing that happened to Adam was he experienced feelings and emotions he had never felt before. He felt guilt that he'd done something wrong. He felt shame about his condition because now his condition was not like God had made, he had changed. The Bible says he then covered himself and concealed himself. And when he heard God coming to meet with him, then he tried to conceal himself and hide himself from God. So in the very first few pages of Genesis, we begin to see the root and origin of the problems that we face today. Man living without God is damaged, we're embarrassed and ashamed of things in our life, we're embarrassed and ashamed of our condition, and we seek to cover ourselves conceal ourselves and to hide from intimate relationship both with God and with one another. What a tragic situation. One of the things that happened as a consequence of the fall, we lost our intimacy with God, we lost our identity, who we are. Today there'll be many of you here and you have no relationship with God, you don't even know why you're here, you have no sense of purpose and the reason you can't answer that question, I wonder why I'm here, here. And what happens beyond death? You can't answer it because really you have no idea of why God has put you here. When we look into the Bible, we see the tremendous heart of God. Adam was there trying to hide in the garden. God came to him and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? God found the man and he said, Talk to me. Adam, why are you hiding? Where are you? And he said, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And Adam had covered himself, trying in his own efforts to conceal something wrong inside him. And God made a promise to him that one day there would be a Savior. One day he would send someone into this earth who would break the power of sin, break the power of the devil, break the curse that was upon the land and upon people, and would set people free. And then he did a most unusual thing. He actually then provided for this man that, he'd, that had fallen, this man that had rebelled against him, this man that he loved. God reached out and he slew two animals and made skins to clothe them, prophetically picturing that one day an innocent Savior would die on the cross in order that we could be clothed internally and become right before God. As we walk through the Bible, there are many pictures of this coming day, this highlight in history when Jesus Christ would come into this world, be crucified and raised again. In the book of Exodus, it tells us, that Moses was instructed before the exodus out of Egypt, he was instructed that every family should take a lamb, a pure lamb, a spotless lamb, and slay it, the innocent slay. The blood would be sprinkled on the house, and that night, the destroyer would not have any power to touch them. That night, they would leave Egypt, and they would begin to be the people of God. In that very picture there, again, there's a symbolic picture and representation for us that one day... A man called Jesus Christ, who John would describe as the Lamb of God, someone without sin, someone without blame, would one day give his life, shed his blood, that we could have the power of sin with all its hold in our life broken, that we could come back into relationship with God and be set free. Let me read with you just a couple of things the Bible tells us about what Jesus did on the cross. And then we're going to begin to move to our production where we present out visually what Jesus did for us. In the book of Galatians, chapter 3, in verse 13 and 14, it tells us this. It says, Jesus Christ became a curse for us because the Bible declares every person who's hung on a tree or put up on a cross is cursed. He said, He became a curse for us so that we might receive the promise that God had made to Abraham Even the Spirit of God outpoured upon our lives. Notice what it says, four words. Jesus did this for us so that we could come into a place of blessing. God's plan is for you to experience blessing. His plan is for you to receive His Spirit into your life and heart, to be forgiven, to know what it is to be clean on the inside, to have removed off you the pressures and worries and strains of living a life without God to have taken off you the curse and power of sin, to have the power and curse of poverty broken over your life so you could walk in blessing, to have the power of sickness broken over you so you could walk in divine health. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He did this for us so we could be blessed. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says this. It says, Jesus became a sin offering for us. The word is sin offering. He became a sin offering for us so we could, we could be right before God. Notice again, God sent Jesus Christ for us so that we could become rightly established with God. Listen, every religion in the world, wherever you go, no matter what name they put upon it, has this in common. There is an awareness that there is a personal God. There is awareness that we are somehow separated from God. And at that point, there is a difference between Christianity and every other religion. In every other religion that you come across in the world, men seek to do something so that they might somehow deal with the guilt and the wrongness in their lives and become rightly related to God. In Christianity, the Bible teaches very clearly that God so loved the world, He loved you and me, that He sent Jesus Christ to do the complete and entire and whole work of redeeming us from the curse, breaking the power of sin, and bringing us into relationship with God. For a person who is a Christian, they understand this, that Jesus did not just die on the cross, but He rose from the dead. We're just going to look at it briefly in a moment. Listen, God has made it very clear that we can become right with Him. We can come into relationship with Him. We can come into blessing. We can come into the purpose He had eternally for us, by this one thing, by faith, a personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by committing ourselves to Him, to what He has done, and to walk with Him. Listen, I want to just finish by going back into these verses, then we'll go back into our drama. It says in verse 50, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up His spirit. When a person is dying, if you've ever been near someone who's dying, The thing about a person dying is they become weaker, and weaker, and weaker, and weaker, and eventually they just slip away. One of the things that becomes very weak is their breathing. Another thing that becomes very weak is their voice. Their voice is not loud, their voice is quite weak and quite quiet. You have to strain often to hear their last words. I've been with people, and I have seen that. But the Bible tells us when Jesus died, it was different. It said He led out. A loud shout. The reason he let out a loud shout was because he was proclaiming against all his enemies. He was proclaiming against the devil who'd come to steal from mankind all God's blessings. He let out a loud shout of victory. The Bible tells us, most likely the words that he he spoke with us, It is finished the work of redeeming mankind and bringing mankind back into relationship with God, it is finished. He shouted out with a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. His life was not taken from him. He gave up his life. He gave up his life. There was something different. He said, my father has given me power over my life to take it up and to give it up. And at that moment on the cross, He shouted against the devil, shouted against the spirit world, which had hurt the mankind God loved, and he yielded up his spirit. I want you to see something dramatic that happened. In every religion you go to in different cultures, they have some kind of sacrificial offering they make to their God. The purpose of their sacrifice is somehow to appease the gap between their God and themselves. Some they offer incense, some it's food offerings, animals. Wherever you go in the world, you find these kinds of things. I want you to see what happened when Jesus Christ presented himself as the perfect offering to God. The Bible tells us very clearly of at least three major things that happened immediately he yielded up his spirit and his sacrifice was complete. I believe these things speak to us very, very clearly. Of God's approval on what Jesus did. Now, listen, this is written, this is a historic account of something that really happened. I want you to see the three things. Number one, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. There was a temple which in former days the Lord had dwelt in, his Spirit dwelt in it, now it was very, very empty. But there was a veil, and the veil was a separating partition. Between where people could go and where the high priest could go into the presence of God. On that day when Jesus died on the cross, it was like God took two invisible hands and he tore that veil. It was about the thickness of a hand. And it was literally torn from top to bottom. And for those people who were there at that time offering the natural sacrifice, suddenly for the first time in their history, the thing was ripped apart and they saw clean and right into where the high priest was. The Bible makes it very clear. God was sending a clear message. Now every person can have access to the presence of God. Every person by faith in what Jesus did can come into the presence of God. The second thing that happened was there was a great earthquake. There's something about earthquakes that scares us. We tend to think of the ground as being incredibly solid and stable. And so we put our trust in the ground. We put our trust in the earth. We build buildings. We set up establishments. And then when a great earthquake comes, everything we have put our trust in gets shaken. On that moment when Jesus died on the cross... There was a great earthquake, it's recorded in Roman history. It was right across the land at that time. It was so powerful that rocks literally split open. God making it clear to us that everything that we trust in, everything we've rested ourselves on, cannot withstand the power of his hand upon it. This is what we need to understand. This was a dramatic demonstration of divine approval, and divine power. And finally, the last thing that happened, it tells us this, it says, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and they came out of the graves after his resurrection. There was a third thing that happened. When that earthquake took place, something dramatic happened. I wonder if you could just imagine what it would be like if you're just down Orchard Road there just down the road, uh, and, and uh, you, so there's a deep earthquake, and suddenly all the graves down there split open, and you can see dead bodies. The Jews, because of the Passover, could not bury them. They could not recover them because they're not allowed to do anything. So what they did was they kept a vigil over the graves. And that meant there were literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out there all that night. Waiting. Then there came a day, and the Bible says very clearly that on the day of Jesus' resurrection, many, many, many rose from the dead. And not only did they rise from the dead, they went through the city and they spoke to people and talked with people. Sometimes when we read the gospel account, we don't understand the tremendous power that was released into the earth the moment Jesus died. And became fully realized when he rose from the dead. The Bible tells us when he rose from the dead, there was a a great earthquake. The stone was rolled away and Jesus rose from the dead. We know this. By sin, death entered. By this man's work, Jesus Christ's death on the cross, the power of sin was broken. An answer was made to God. And now people can overcome the fear of death and have a certainty of a resurrection. Listen, what an amazing thing to see. Jesus' death on the cross made a way for us to come into relationship with God and release power for us to live a changed life. What an awesome thing the cross is. What an awesome thing the resurrection of Jesus is. And The Bible tells us that the four soldiers, Roman soldiers, battle-hardened soldiers, people who had seen it all, the Bible says they were in terrible fear because of what they saw when Jesus died. They saw something dramatic. They saw something that affected them so much so that one of them said, "Surely this is the son of God." you well, just to be open now for our production. Just call our team to come on now. We'll begin our production of the cross. And we will visually portray the conflict of spiritual forces for the souls of men, and the triumphant death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary.